Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everybody. This is Eric J. Olson, your host of this episode of the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview America's top managing partners to find out what they're doing to run their firms, grow their firms, and to keep their case pipeline full. And today, I'm really excited because this is someone that I've been following well through his books. I'll, I'll show it in a second if you're watching the video, but through his books. And because of that introduction to his books online and in other places for probably about three years. So our guest today is a practicing lawyer with over 40 years of experience. Like that alone makes him an expert, no doubt about it. But there's more. He's the founder, the managing partner, and what he likes to refer to as the head coach for his law firm, Ben Glass Law. He is also author of this book that I have in front of me, Great Legal Marketing, and about a total of 20 books with his name on the cover. Some of them co-authored by some pretty famous people. I want to talk about that a little bit in a second, Ben. And then not only that, he is a high school soccer referee, and he's been doing that for 50 years in Northern Virginia. Ben Glass, welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. It's fun to be here. Our roots go back to, both of us go back to Northern Virginia, so it was good to catch up with you before we went live. Yep, so I, I grew up just right down the street from Ben in Burke, Virginia, and uh, we were talking about different high schools. He knows exactly where I went to high school. He saw it being built, and I, I know where he went to high school, and we still have the rivalry when it comes to the high schools, but I think we can put that in the past. There's more rivalries up here now than ever before. There's, there's more schools in Northern Virginia, Loudoun County than we've ever had. It's amazing. I can, I can only <laughs> imagine. Well, thanks again for being on the show. For those that don't know much about you or haven't heard of you at all, can you give us kind of the, the summary that fills in some of the cracks from my very short bio that I provided for you? Yeah, sure. So Eric, so first like dad to nine. And so that's always an interesting story. We've got four adopted from uh, from China, been married to my best friend for 42 years, run Ben Glass Law, which is a, uh, we only do two things. We do personal injury, mainly car crashes in Virginia, most of that in Northern Virginia, but throughout the rest of Virginia. And then about 20 years ago, I get introduced to a practice niche that still is underserved market, which is the field of long-term disability insurance claims and life insurance claims under ERISA. So we're a real regional force here. We, we handle and file more cases than by far, by multiples than anyone else in our region. And so that allows us to really to have clients in, from all over the country. Got good at marketing 25 years ago or so, met Dan Kennedy. That led to the creation of the second business you mentioned, Great Legal Marketing. It started out as marketing for lawyers. Now it really is, hey, how do we build a, how do we design our life and then build a practice that supports that life? And then, okay, now if we know that, we can figure out who we want to market to. And that then marketing becomes relatively formulaic to get that person in the door. So we give lawyers permission to build a life that's great for them, supported by a practice that's great for them. We should show them how to market and get a great team because that's important too. You know, it, it seems to certainly be a theme that's kind of built into the legal profession about sacrifice and pro bono work is celebrated. Maybe not enough focus on success and it's okay that, that you have a thriving business. Is, is that what you've seen as well? True. So in 2016, a, a big report on lawyer wellness came out. It shocked the elites that said that because the report said lawyers are depressed 
and unhappy with the profession. It should have not been a shock to anybody who actually deals with lawyers. So there can be a lot of stress in the, in the profession. My view and the view of other thought leaders like me are that because we're approaching this the wrong way, like you've got one life, you should live that life to the fullest. You should build what you want to build that makes you happy. It lets you do work you like doing with people you like working with and put that first, make that the primary. The client is not the primary. The client will be well-served when you build that great business and, and attract a superstar team of employees and team members, the client will be well-served, but the profession, the elites of the profession, put the client first. And if the client is first, then it is self-sacrificial and that's what leads to misery and depression. So the profession is good at teaching you how to be a lawyer. Like there's any number of classes we're giving lawyers permission to say, yeah, but I want to be happy too. And I want, I want to be wealthy too. I want to do work that's meaningful for me. And I want to have time to do other things like referee soccer games outside of my job. So when you get that all right, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And, and, and your team recruits people to come to work for you. And your team likes coming in on Monday. That's the space that I'm working in. And so, you know, you'll bet. And I think the profession's solution to the wellness issue is wrong because it's all band-aids. And I think that yeah. we're right in this. And we got a lot of lawyers who agree with me. Yeah. When, when you explain that concept to some lawyers where it's a new concept or uh, managing partners, founders of other law firms, do they, do they kind of doubt that it's like, Hey, look, that sounds great, but they don't believe you. So that it can be like that. Yeah. So, so it's interesting because most people who come and pay attention to me do what you did. You find one of my books. Yeah. Most of my books are actually philosophy books, right? So you held up the great legal marketing book. There's a lot of marketing. Now that book's pretty old now, but it's, but there's a philosophy in the book. That person comes to me. I'm not interested in getting in front of a room full of lawyers, Eric, and try to convince them of anything. I show lawyers it's possible. Those who go, mm, this sounds really interesting. Let me hear more. They come into my space. And those who insist that it's not possible, they go the other way. And we're fine with that because I, because I'm not going to spend any energy trying to convince someone who doesn't want this. So that's, so I get to speak to people who at least are curious about what we have built and what lawyers all over the country are building using the philosophy of Ben yeah. backed up with the marketing and team building strategies. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting that you just talked about how people who read your books, they're what's commonly referred to as hand raisers. And it, it's interesting because that's like one of the big takeaways that I got from the book is that that's the goal is, is to give away basically free content. And like, I, I mean, I, I bought this book, but it, how much was this? 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Yeah. 1795 is retail. It's, I probably it's get free. two. <laughs> it's, I mean, look, it's for all intents yeah. and purposes, this is free. I'm not paying, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars for consultation. So you're, you're basically, and this, like if someone were to buy this book alone and they were to implement it, this is worth a thousand, 10,000 times the retail price of 1795. So it's effectively free, but if it's not 1795, if it's actually free, no matter what, what you're trying to do is, and, and you, you talk about this a lot in the book and I'm sure in your follow on books, is you want to get people to raise their hands. And then once they raise their hands, now you have an interested party versus trying to constantly convince people of your message. Exactly. And so, and so the way that works in a law practice is to, as you say, is to, you know, so, so most lawyer advertising is hire me and in the personal injury space it's we get the most verdicts, we'll get you the most money you deserve. Right. right. And so we change that whole model to, if you, if you've been in an accident before you, talk to the insurance company, hire a lawyer or sign any forms, at least just come talk to us, get, get our free stuff. So a hand is raised then. 
then what, what the public doesn't see is all of the marketing that now comes in under the radar, which establishes a couple of things. Hey, we know what we're doing. We have experience. We've done cases like what your case is like. And frankly, if, if you're the t a client that's not a client for us, like your case maybe is too small or you want to make millions and it's just not there, you're going to be repelled by our marketing. And that's also a part of what we're doing. At the end of the day, I want you to be attracted to me to think, oh, this guy sounds smart. We're philosophically aligned. He's teaching me how to find a lawyer. He's teaching me how to hire a lawyer, the questions to ask. I trust mm -hmm. him because the public, Eric, has no good way of knowing whether I'm a good lawyer or not. But I'm sending out trust clues to have them come over the yeah. threshold and see what's inside the door. And when lawyers figure out that, it makes marketing easier because, you know, just put up a billboard that says we're, we're three personal injury lawyers and, you know, we're in front of a stack of law books. You can do that if you're the top spender in the market, but there's only the top spender in the market, right? And then there's all the rest of us. And so yeah. we're getting people in to go, oh, this sounds interesting. Oh, let me hear more. So, so something that's interesting to me is that you're not necessarily sending out emails to try to convince them that you're the best, just what to look for in the best lawyer. Oh, and by the way, we do these things. Well, yeah, exactly in part. And, and of course, you know, I'm also, I'm the anti-email guy. So yes, there is an email component, but we're also the shock and awe box that shows up at your, at your home. That's got my book of testimonials, like drawn from the review sites, my book on how to hire a lawyer. Talk, talking about your uh, accident case, maybe even one of my mindset books that I've written, right? That nobody else is, you know, showing up this way. And so that's been our sort of differentiator. Now, there's a lot of lawyers who do this now, and some do it really, really well. Yeah. And what I, the message I try to get to lawyers is, like, you can either play in this big pond and compete against everybody else and all that money, or you can figure out what everybody else is saying and try to craft a message that's different, that just gets someone to, as you said, like to raise your hand. Because once you raise your hand, now I know who how to spend my money, who to yeah. spend my money on. My exactly. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of advertising to a lot of people that are very unlikely to be interested in your message, spend the advertising and marketing dollars towards those that have already expressed some level of interest. I do have a question for you. You said the shock and awe box. Yeah. Can, can you talk about that a little bit more? And how do you know when it's time to send one of those? So we don't, we don't send one on every case because frankly, look, we're in a really good position here. So most people who come to our website and have a conversation with one of our sales team, like, and if we want the case, we get the case. <laughs> so our marketing is designed to have as many opportunities for us to say, that's the other thing that's going on in our, in our practice, Eric, is like, you're the consumer, but I'm vetting you. Like you're trying right. to get to me and I'm making a decision whether I want your case or not. That shift is created by a lot of, Again, trust indicia. So if someone, if we have that, that sales conversation and they're not sold, they're not ready, then, hey, let me just put some more information in the mail to you. It does come in a box. It's very nice. It's a specially designed box. The mailman will know, you know, it's from a Ben Glass law. And it has, again, more things. Really, it's about us, but it's more about you. It's a, We know the questions that are going through your head. We know what other lawyers are probably saying to you. And I only want you to hire me if you think that I'm a great fit, right? So again, we don't, I don't, like our earlier discussion, I don't want to have to convince you to hire me. And we don't need to, we have a, a line out the door waiting, people waiting to get in. So I don't need to convince anybody. And anybody, Eric, who says, oh, well, you know, I talked to Joe down the street and he's going to charge me X, you yeah. know, this, but I'm like, perfect, let go, because I'm not having that discussion at all with you. 
Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency, at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. Yeah. And what about, let's pretend that, that someone who's relatively small is, you know, running a, a small law firm. Maybe, maybe it's just them. That was maybe me. It's, that was me. How do you transition to this new mindset where it's kind of like, I'm going to interview you and I may take you when there's all these other pressures in the business, right? Like paying bills, paying your attorneys, all those things. Everybody starts there. And what I teach lawyers to do is to the very least, very least, let's look at your advertising and marketing program. Let's eliminate bad spends, first of all, because you guys, everybody's spending money on stuff and half the time they don't know if it's working or not. Right. So part of that wound up there is, all right, how can we tell if I'm paying for a lead generator or a website, like what's the tracking like there? So we start there, bad spend. And then we say, look, you have cases that you're letting in the door because you feel desperate. I, what I want you to do is I want you to trust me. I want you to take 20% of those cases and stop letting them in the door. And instead, spend some time reading one of my books, reading one of the books from Mike Mogul or, or Richard James or somebody, right? Because these are really smart people about them. Read some Dan Kennedy, read some marketing books, all right? Yeah. Because I want you... To at least, so if you're, if you don't have a lot of money, you're starting out and I was there, right? Is you at least need to know how, how to have discussions with vendors, right? And how to hold them to honesty and, and to hold them to what they're going to deliver in that, that, so we can measure that. That's number one. And then and number two, every lawyer, no matter how much money or how little money, they can start writing information. So when I first, I didn't start with a book. I started with, you know, 20 page white paper statement right. that I would mail out, right? Hey, did you know Ben has this paper on how to deal with the insurance company? So there's a place everybody could start. What I want people who are listening to this know is that everybody's been there. Like you don't just come out of law school and or leave a practice to start a practice and magic happens, right? Everybody starts and they figure out as I did, like, holy cow, I don't really know a whole lot about this business side of the running of a law firm. And there's so many good materials out there today. It's 2022. We're recording this. There's no reason for anyone, for any lawyer to stay poor and to stay stressed. All right. And what I'm really good at is having a discussion with you, Eric, if you're the owner of a law firm and figuring out where you are in this continuum. And then my superpower is, Eric, here's the best place for your next dollar. And here's the best, best place for your next hour. Since we don't sell anything. Nice. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. I don't sell your pay-per-click. I don't sell websites, but I'll help you decide where to go next. And usually that's, let's stop doing this, this, and this, which is it wrong. It's, it's not good advertising. Yeah. So if I could summarize, it sounds like certainly someone can't do it all on day one. They just need to take baby steps. Just move the ball forward an inch at a time. And eventually you'll get to the point where you're taking bigger steps. Exactly. And most lawyers who are like in the great legal marketing community and have been around for a while and who are successful, they're not doing it all. But the things they do, 
They do really well. So their print newsletter is really good. Their website is a direct response driven website. Yeah. The follow-up, their landing pages are done really well. So you, another important method, you don't have to do everything. What we're trying to do is we're trying to let the consumer have a conversation with us and feel like they're, they're in a relationship with us of some sort. So they feel like they know us. That's the barrier and that's the bridge. Right. Otherwise, we're just sending out the same message everybody else is saying. And now it's just potluck. And, and usually potluck goes to the one who can spend the most. Yeah. Well, why do you think that there is this culture, if you will, in, in the legal industry of, of not thinking that you that you deserve that? Well, so part of that is just, just legacy thinking about this is a calling and this is a profession and we're privileged to serve. I mean, all of that's true. I think all of it is done better when you're not stressing about whether you can turn the lights on when you, when, and we do work like, like we'll take cases that we have no business getting in because they're too small, but what the insurance company did was wrong. And we're able to do that because we've got a great team and we have money and we have assets. So part of it is just a legacy thinking about the profession. The other part is no one's ever taught. So you go to law school, they don't teach you this. You go out Mm. of the profession to the bar associations, they don't teach this. So if you've never accidentally found like the book, Great Legal Marketing book, if you've never been introduced to the world of entrepreneurship, if you're not hanging in rooms with guys and gals who do things bigger, better, faster than you are, you don't even know the alley is there. And so, he, and, and so I get to represent in my disability practice, I've represented a lot of like, not a lot, but a handful of mid 30 year old big law lawyers who make a lot of money and who hate it hate something goes on they they want out as fast as they can and i have this same discussion that you and i are having and they're like well that's impossible we've never even heard of this that's so sad is that lawyers leave the profession good lawyers harvard trained lawyers harvard law school trained lawyers leaving the profession in the 30s because no one has ever said to them you're allowed to build a life that fits you and that suits you first that's a crime and that's what i'm that's the, the bully pulpit i stand on yeah that's great so in the intro, I, I mentioned that you have co-authored some books with some, what I consider to be some famous people. In particular, I was referring to Dan Kennedy. And I, I, don't, I don't remember if I read your book and then one of his books or the other way around, but there was a reference in one of them to the other person. So it sounds like over the years, there's been a somewhat of a, maybe a partnership. Certainly oh, there, there's a, a pretty strong correlation between the philosophies. So Dan's a millionaire builder, right? And he has built many businesses for people or help people like me. So I'm in the legal space. There's a number. Ken Hardison is from Dan Kenny. Richard James is from Dan Kenny World. Arjun is from Dan Kenny World, right? But he's done the same thing in dentistry and any other business you can. So that's, so that's Dan's space. And many of us, I mean, personally, I spent over a quarter million dollars in 20 years with Dan. Like, at least that much money, yeah. learning and being in rooms of people who are bigger, better, and smarter than I am. And so, you know, like Dan is attracted to people who will take his stuff and use it and grow businesses. I'm attracted to lawyers. I'll talk all day long with lawyers who I think are going to take what I suggest and go and do something with it. And that's how you grow the world. And it's actually a great, so the so here's the marketing for lawyers tip from all of that is, I'm embedded with a lot of small businesses in Northern Virginia. By that, I mean, I coach them, right? I help them with their marketing. I help them with their mindset. They're running small businesses. What do they have? They have customers and patients, right? So now when they think, oh, here's a patient of mine who's got a legal issue. I want them to call me, even though I only do PI and disability. 
call me. My Rolodex is big. So getting, we, we call that having a tribe of tribal leaders. Think about that. Like marketing to businesses who have authority over hundreds or thousands of patients or customers is a huge lever in terms of marketing. We can just, and I know you're like in the, in the moment of it, but you were talking about how you coach a lot of different uh, clients, businesses, and they could refer those, uh, their potential clients to you. You want to just the pick it up from there? The principle is be a, be a leader of tribal leaders, right? And so I am, I, what I was saying was I'm embedded. I coach local businesses, right? I help them with their marketing. I give them free advice. They come in here for lunch. The cost to, for me, the cost to get my advice, if you're a local business, bring me the lunch, bring me a sandwich or bring me a sub. We do a lot of this virtual. We've got a thing called lunchwithben.com. So either virtually or they come into the office. But the principle is I'm putting energy into the world. I'm helping them first with no, no payback other than sandwich or salad. But when someone in their world needs to talk to a lawyer who the person respects, like call Ben. My Rolodex is huge. It could be about divorce or wills or whatever. Like I'll find you the right person. And that's a huge lever in marketing when my marketing is not just to consumers, but it is to other leaders of tribes. You know, that's interesting because I think a lot of business owners, they do exactly that in the beginning. When they don't have anything else besides their reputation and their network, they'll go around and they'll introduce themselves to everybody. I know I did. And I spent a lot of time after work, during work, on the weekends, meeting people, networking, and then I, I got busy. And so I, it seems like a lot of people, as they get more successful, they spend less time in the community. And it sounds like you're doing just the opposite. Here's what the most successful do. So the guys and gals at the highest level of the entrepreneurship world give away a lot of their stuff. They're, and we are willing to talk to people who we believe will go and do something with it. We're not in the free advice business, but we are in the, I'll help you because I know that somehow probably the universe is going to send that back to me. And so you're right. So an, an error is, for example, taking referral sources that, that send you lots of cases. An error is thinking they send me lots of cases. I don't need to do anything for them, right? No, no, no. We're, we have like quarterly gift giving surprise. Here we go. Thank you. Here's some stuff. Here's a book. Here's all that stuff. And, and the other thing, Eric, is that intellectually, it's interesting because I've sat down with doctors who have retired and sold their practices and we're talking about life. I've had real estate agents bring their kids in, their college kids. Hey, let's talk about career paths. And I find all of that discussion interesting, right? And otherwise, if I had to just take depositions all day long and answer interrogatories, I would probably be sad and depressed like so many lawyers in America. Well, it sounds like you certainly have the passion for this to help other lawyers, yeah, not only lawyers, but business owners. It's helped, well, it's helped myself first because I find it all interesting. So, you know, and then, yes, we help others. And, and most definitely, I think what I'm doing is I'm giving lawyers permission to think this way first, and then I'm giving them the tools to build something very cool. Nice. Now, now you have at least two distinct businesses. One is the actual yeah. law firm. One is the, the law firm coaching business. How do you kind of split up your time and energy? Well, that's it. That's the question I always get asked. And, and I don't know. So if you followed me around and asked, what is he working on? And what is he playing with? I think that you'll see that I'm playing most of the time, right? It's, it is not work. So, you know, both businesses have metrics and revenue and profit goals. I think, but however, more and more, I'm out of both businesses. 
I'm the spiritual leader. I'm the coach of the businesses. And I'll tell you something that so I'm in practice, a law practice with my son, Brian. And we, a couple of years ago, we were thinking like, what, why are we doing this? Like, why are we really run this law firm? And it wasn't for justice. It wasn't for getting them the most money, which is what everybody says. And that's important, right? We wanted to build a business where people will thrive, starting with the owners and their families and then the team members. And so every business decision we make around here is how can we help everyone who's associated with Ben Glass Law thrive? right? Including clients, but not clients first. Clients are third, yeah. right? It's us first. So we say to our employees, here's the magic question for employees is, Eric, if you were working for me, like, how could I make this perfect for you? Now, it doesn't mean I can deliver perfect all the time, but if you don't know the answer to that question, and I don't know the answer to that question, how could we ever get there? And I want you, Eric, if you're a mid-level or above employee of mine, I want you to tell me like, how much money do you want to make? Okay. And then I want you to help me craft that way, craft that vision to get you to where you want to be. And sometimes you'll get so good that you'll leave. But what I'm trying to do is get you so good that you make so much money and you'll love the culture and you'll recruit the next one of you into the business. And that's a cool place to be. And we're damn near 100% on that. Like we're really, really close. And we do the same in great legal marketing, but it changes the whole game of running a law firm. We're running a place where people will thrive first. It's mad. It's been magic for us. And I believe I can coach that. Now, now you do need, I think you do need to have a growth mindset. You need, you need to at least be open to the ideas. And if you go over there and you find hundreds of lawyers who are now living that life, you go, okay, there's gotta be something here because they can't all be wrong. It's great. What if someone who's listening is like, all right, I'm, I'm interested in finding out more. Where's a good place for them to go and find out about this philosophy? Well, two things. One is go to my books, like Play Left Fullback is my most recent book for the profession, Renegade Lawyer Marketing. And again, there's in, there's marketing and business building information there, but more importantly, there's philosophy. All right. And if you read the philosophy and you go, this guy sounds like he makes sense and it sounds like something that would be good for me and my family, then you come, you can go to greatlegalmarketing.com. You can go to benglasslaw.com. You can see what we're doing there. But that's what I want first, because I, as I said, I think before, maybe before we went live, is I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm showing them a door and this door will be right for a lot of people. And there's some people that it just, it just isn't going to be a, a fit for them. And, you know, whatever your life is, as long as it's by deliberate choice, then it's going to be fine for you. Yeah, there's Play Left Fullback, right? Yep. I, I just pulled it up. It is on Amazon, Play Left Fullback. Can, can you explain that title a little bit? Well, there's a story. So uh, when I was trying out for my first travel soccer team and I was blessed to play with a lot of good players, my dad said, tell the coach you play left fullback. I said, I'm not left footed. I'm not a defender and I've never played left fullback. Why should I do that? He says, because you'll get on the team because you'll be the only one. You'll show up different. You'll be the only one that wants to play that position. And getting on the team is the most important thing. We will figure out the rest later. And so the principle is start, show up differently and start and then figure out the rest later. And, you know, I believe that you figure out the rest later in large part by getting out of your office and getting into rooms, mastermind groups, coaching groups with people who I've spent, you know, my professional life or half of my professional life being in rooms of people who are far wealthier, running far more complicated businesses, all of whom were giving. I mean, this is the cool thing about the, the people at the very top, but they think differently. And I want to know, if you're running something that's 10 or 20 or 500 X, what I'm doing, how do you think? Because there's a clue there. That's the most important thing is, is having the right mindset about your own life 
and what the possibilities are because the tools and we can pick which tools to use, right? If you know what yeah. you're building, you can go to Home Depot and buy great tools. If you don't know what you're building and you just walk in the aisles at Home Depot, you're just going to waste your time and money. I think you said a, a powerful word there, the M word, which is mindset. And it's one of those things, one of those words, one of those concepts that's very easy to just dismiss, especially when you're in the thick of it, you're stressed, you're just trying to get your work done, you're trying to pay the bills. It's almost like a luxury item that you're like, yeah, well, I don't have time for that mindset crap, right? But I think if you, you know, if people spend a little, just a little bit of time, like you said, you know, carve out 20% of your normal day, carve out 2% in the beginning, carve out an extra 15 minutes a night, and consume some of this content from various people. Play left fullback would be a great source, right? Great legal marketing would be a great source. Just take a little bit of time to investigate how this mindset shift could affect you. And like I've like I've I've been playing the mindset game for a long time, but I also like just recently, slightly different tweak on the word, belief, right? I've realized that I have beliefs that are ingrained in me which yes. make me act, respond, and make decisions in a way where when I challenge that belief, I all of a sudden start making different decisions. And so we've all got this belief system, which affects our mindset, affects our mood, affects our vision for the future. And if you can start to work on that and take you know a, an inch step with the ball, like we were talking about before, just a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. After a year, two years, it, it could be a completely different world for you. The challenging part is that it's very difficult to do that on your own. So I was introduced to Think and Grow Rich probably 30 years ago. I read it. Yep. I didn't understand it. And I didn't have anyone to talk uh, to about the book and about Napoleon Hill's 17 principles. And so, you know, whether it's getting in a mastermind group, getting in somebody's coaching group, or at the very least, finding other like-minded lawyers or business owners in your community, and you be the one that organizes the lunch. You be the one that says, come on, guys and gals, let's come in. Let's put some challenges on the table. And again, better if it's what I call mixed breed, like it's not all lawyers, right? What are you doing at the Allstate company to get people to come in yeah. to, you know, to buy car insurance? It's a very commoditized business. That's where you want to be because the resources are there and they've been there for hundreds of years. Finding those individuals who are the 20 percenters in the country who think about this stuff that you're talking about. That's what you got to find. If you can't find them, you start your own damn group and you and you go looking for people who are who you who, who at least it looks like they have been introduced to this abundance mindset, the marketing, interesting markets. You know, you can look around and you're in Chesapeake. You can look around and see who in Chesapeake is marketing something that it looks like maybe they've studied some Dan Kennedy. Maybe that's somebody I'd like to go learn from or maybe they have a marketing director you need to hang out with. Great advice. I think what I'm picking up a, a lot in this in this discussion is open your mind and take just a little bit of action. Because yeah. if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overworked, if you're feeling like there is no abundance, if you're feeling scarcity, there, there's a different way. So, And we I'll, all get there. Look, we all get there when we have bad days. The, the more you start to ingrain some habits, like you, you mentioned, you know, your habit of reading, your habit of journaling, your habit of being brutally honest with yourself, like one of the lists I've always kept is lying down the middle of the paper, stuff I don't like doing. Like, how do we eliminate that? There may be somebody else in the firm or the company that likes and is good at the thing you hate, yeah. right? And the mind, you know, the mind block is nobody could do this as good as I, nobody could write a brief right. as good as I can. That's wrong. That We just know that's 
100% wrong. What the world needs is, is architects and designers. So what the legal profession needs is architects and designers. We don't need more people who can hammer better, right? The profession is good at grading, creating people who can hammer. Go take your deposition, do your trial. Plenty of that out there. We need architects and designers who are saying things like what we're talking about on this podcast. And again, I'm not the only voice out there, but there's a revolution, I think, going on. And we are not doing this the old way. And we are going to have more happier, thriving lawyers and their families are going to be happy because they're coming home on time for dinner, which is the subtitle of that book, uh, The Great Legal Marketing Book, right? Still get home in time for dinner. That's right. Love it. Well, Ben, this has been a great conversation. I know you're very busy. I know you got a lot of travel in your schedule as well. Really? Not only that you've completed, but coming up. So <laughs> thank you for squeezing this in. This has been really, really great. I appreciate it's it. It's fun. It's always fun to talk to you, Eric. Thanks. All right. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests, and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com, where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.